This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. Jordan Cruciola here, your co-host of Disaster Girls, along with me, Amanda Smith, also a Disaster Girls co-host. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it, so I was like, I guess I'll jazz it up a bit, too. Yeah, well, why not? Always we really scared to, but sure. We always, we really have a third co-host with us today. This is not like it's not like a guest. Let's say it's a third co-host. Co-host, introduce yourself. Hello, friends. My name is Sam Weinman. I am a third co-host today. I am here <laughs> to join you for Disaster Girls. And you, you, like, this is a, because it is Kongzilla month, one chooses the films, but also it's, it's within our set Kongzilla programming, but you were really, I think you might've been our first booked I, Kongzilla guest. Thank you. We did. I, you, no, you, you were like, Sam really wants to do Godzilla versus Kong. And then I was like, well, what if we did a month of Godzilla and Kong movies? What a good choice. And that was... That was where we went from that, was we built it around you, Sam. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, for me, it started with, I saw the trail and I cried. Um, yeah, this is, <laughs> and, and which, what is our concluding installment, Sam? Remind the people. It is Godzilla versus Kong. Well, yes! here's the thing, Jordan. I'm really excited that I'm, I've already jumped ahead because that's all I do on our other podcast. Let's <laughs> 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 carry on. I will just completely skip <laughs> and, and launch mid movies. I'm so excited. Racing forward. But do tell the people what is your origin story with Godzilla versus Kong? And you're because the thing is, you're not a you're not typically like you are hit and miss, but not typically an action fan. I'm not. This is not necessarily your genre. So for you to be like, I want to talk about this one. I this is the one because we've been wondering for a while, like how how what's the main way to get you into the pod? And this was the one. So why? So I okay. When I was a kid, I went as King Kong but a ninja in second grade. Because I that is a perfect oh my child's costume. Yeah, it had to be both. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, of and course. It wasn't because I. And why wouldn't Kong be stealthy? And I just figured because what I wanted to be was King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> so you know, uh, <laughs> childhood me thought, okay, that's the mashup. Um, because yeah. I had saved up all of my uh, like birthday money and went to Suncoast Video in the mall and I bought the oh. VHS version of 1962 uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. How old were you? Uh, I, I had to have been, I mean, that was first grade. First grade, second grade, that is second a, grade. That is so a like young six Toho or seven fan yeah, right there. I was <laughs> wow. Yeah, couldn't reach the counter kind of kind of purchase. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I was like, I was six when I saw Leprechaun. Like, I was into it. So when it comes yeah. to horror stuff. So this, like, was a little tame for me in second grade. Right. But I do. Sure. I, yeah, it was younger than that when I saw Hellraiser for sure. The old one. This just explains so much about both of you. It that, does. That's incredible that your start date was so early. <laughs> my horror. first my first movie memory, my first movie memory is Hellraiser. Not like horror movie, my first movie memory. And like in a good seeing, way? Or was it like Yeah, and like seeing Frank come out of the gore, like his skeleton being born in that attic. That's the first movie image I can remember. And I was like, ooh, cool. Because, like, you don't know what to be scared of at that age. You're just, like, you just see something crazy. Yes. And it's like, ooh, Yes, neat. you do. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like I can promise you, I was I was a small. I remember being Amanda like five did and never being not afraid. Know what to be afraid of? I had, was born with an innate sense of what to fear. I remember you being were. five and being afraid of the movie Gremlins. Like, no, you know, understandably, there are there are things and they are scary in this world. <laughs> and a skeleton coming out of gore would yeah. would is no Jordan. That's special. That's special for you. And it, it really sets you on a path. It, it's a sort of like, this is a fork in the road moment. And and I went yeah. toward being a horror fan. And Sam bought Godzilla vs. Kong before he could reach the counter. For the record, though, I got the movie and I was very disappointed. <laughs> oh, really? So, here's so why. wait, did you... I was did a fan. You, why, yeah, why did like, you want it? Do you know when you're a kid and you obsess over the cover, like the VHS cover of something? And sure, you're yeah. like, this is going to sure. be the greatest thing. And it tells a completely different story than what's inside. That's what happened okay, to me yeah. with this. Like, I had the costume before I had the movie. Like, I was, like, okay, playing. Yeah. Like, I was, like, I had this idea of what the movie was going to be. And I, and, and uh-huh. it was going to be my everything. And then I watched it, and it was really boring. There were a lot of newscasters. And, of course, I still watched it a hundred <laughs> times. But I don't know if you guys know, but, like, the old one, like, there they, there was, like, a Japanese version. But then the in the U.S. version, they edited in, like, a bunch of white guys talking about science. Like, there were, like, the science history guys who were, like, this is what could be going on here. Godzilla's brain's the size of a oh. walnut. And then there's this other, like, subplot that's just, like, a newscaster. It's so weird and boring. And so I was, like... Okay. Okay. I mean, I didn't use that word, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. so, yeah. I got super into both Godzilla and King Kong, just not together okay. because that was such a fail for me. So yeah, yeah. That's why with this movie, it's so special because this movie, when I saw that trailer, I was like, this is the movie that second grade right. me dreamed of. And right. Yeah. It, it fulfilled that promise. It was like. I mean, it was even right. fucking f- neon drenched. Yes. Like, it couldn't have been more stylized on top of monster fights. This was a than movie. It was. Like, the entirety of the facility responsible for creating Mecha Godzilla is a rape. It's a fucking disco. I'm so sorry. It's a fucking yeah. elevator. I'm I was so going sorry. to say, like, the in terms of the reality index of it, like, to jump right into that. I didn't believe that you could have an entire cybernetics lab lit like every still from Uncut Gems, but I had absolutely no issues with the fact that they had at best neon track lighting along the floor, light like giving gr- neon green mood lighting to entire like to entire rooms. So I'm sorry, you drew the line before Hollow Earth <laughs> 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 because. Oh. Well, Amanda's a staunch Amanda's a staunch hater of Hollow Earth generally, okay. so she's all okay. She's- <laughs> okay. I just want to make it clear that, like, abiding by the laws with which we have established this podcast, I cannot yes. take issue with Hollow Earth as a concept, right, right. and therefore, in my head, this entire series takes place on, as you said, Jordan Earth Two, Earth Two, oh, it's, and it's, it's, it's just it's Earth Two. It's mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I don't care that the science in this is so absolutely bug fuck bananas yeah. that. That's what I love about it. I don't care. Because in the first one, yeah, they try fine. to bring in the Smithsonian to explain it. You can't do that shit. No. You got a hollow earth. You got to send dinosaurs through it. Like, there is no yeah. limit. Like, when, when King, and I'm sorry, like, we will obviously hit it however you guys want to, but when King Kong reaches out and, and floats in space in the middle of Earth to touch a glowing rock, oh. I was mm-hmm. here. And, like, wow, thank yeah. God they finally got it right. <laughs> I mean, yes. dual, dual gravities in hollow earth 
with like floaty mm-hmm. Godzilla reaching toward a like Godzilla hand. I mean, a, a mm-hmm. King Kong hand. I am not Gorgeous. going to question oh, the science of this. What I am going to ask though, no. do they have nighttime in Middle Earth or whatever, Hollow Earth? It's always daytime? What's the light That's source? That's a good question. Um, I would assume it's always daytime. Okay. Because what a because terrible way to sleep. We, yeah, <laughs> well, we're just not given we're not given any sort of indication that there's anything else. So there must be just sort of a light source. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. I would just find I, I found the whole all the hollow earth stuff. I was just I didn't even question if it was constantly daytime. It hasn't occurred to me until just now. That, that was there a great. Not that's a great been, question. Yeah, well, I'm looking I, forward I'm, to finding out in the sequel because I'm no sure idea. they'll explain it. Maybe with Smithsonian people, if we're lucky, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. I when God, I, when when King Kong flips midair to go into yes. the new gravity, I was just like mm. I put King Kong in space, and I would be delighted at this point. Like I don't care. Give this me is all like of it. such a teaser for kaiju's in space for titans in I, space. Like because mm. Hollow Earth is basically space. It's like being on an alien moon. Like it, I feel like Chris, that's the sort of Christopher Nolan wishes he had done this in You're absolutely in Interstellar right. or what You're was the one where right. we saved Matt Damon? Uh, Martian. No, other one where we save well, Matt Damon. The, yeah, that, that's Interstellar. The Martian Interstellar, is about saving yeah. Matt Damon, and Interstellar is about trying to save Matt Damon and then realizing that Matt Damon is a little crazy. And, and also which, realizing- wait, and which is the one with corn with corn and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Interstellar. Interstellar, wait, where we also discover that the fourth yes. dimension is love, when in fact the fourth dimension should have been Hollow Earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it should have been. <laughs> okay, I have a so yeah. I, I, Yes. Sam. Okay. So I I want to say I haven't seen the other movies, but that's a lie. I have seen them, but I've ADHD. Is mm-hmm. so is Hollow Earth in the other ones? It's not, right? It's only suggested it's in su- Skull Island. Uh huh. It 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 is it is touched on in Monster in King of the Monsters because they're tracking Godzilla swimming through the ocean at one point, and then they totally yes, lose I him. Do remember that? And he appears at another part of the Earth, and Bradley Whitford's character is like, "I told you." Hollow Earth! Like, oh. there's yeah. only one way he could do this, and that's if he was, like, swimming through the Earth to get from point A to point B. So this B. was a reveal so don't for get into everybody. It. Like, when it happened, it was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, we know the skull crawlers are coming from somewhere. So, okay, yes. That's Amanda. my problem. They retcon this aspect of it, because if that were the case, they could have taken Kong to Skull Island and said they go to Antarctica, because I right. was like... They retconned a lot of that shit from from Skull Island, which did okay. like in terms of to talk about like in terms of the reality of it, that bothered no, me because is, that was a violation of their own logic. Okay. They did in Skull Island. That's why I remember how there was like the Aurora Borealis or the Aurora um, uh, Australialis. Yeah, yeah, and that was really cool. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing that they threw in because the theory was that holes in going to the Hollow Earth. That's where the Aurora came out of. Oh, and the right, whole okay. thing was that. The whole thing was Skull Island had a hole to mid- to Middle Earth to Hollow Earth in it. Right. That yeah. was the whole. And you're right. The sc- I thought I was like maybe I maybe okay. I made up that the Skull Crawlers came out of it. But you're right. They said the Skull Crawlers were coming out of it. Yeah, that's and, where and, they yeah. emerged from. And Kong mm-hmm. went there, and that's where that's where like the Hell Death Field was, where his yeah. parents were dead, because that's where the big one, the big Skull mm-hmm. Crawler, came out of the Earth, and that's where they yeah. were feed. That's where they were emerging from. Right. So in this, they're like, they completely erase the idea that there's any entrances other than the the Antarctic entrance. And then, of course, the one that Godzilla makes later on when Godzilla bores directly down through several layers, like <laughs> several hundred, yes. through like 10, mile, 10 to 15 miles of crust. <laughs> <laughs> I 
bitch, like, I am going to waste a hole through the earth. Like, I'm so mad right now. I'm going to laser a guy in the center of the planet. I couldn't believe it. I've been there. I'm going to laser I'm gonna laser a guy in the center of the planet, and I'm going to fuck up his house inside. I mean, yeah. I'm going to fuck up his yeah. whole house with my laser, nuke laser, into the center of the earth. You know, I think men will do a lot to not go to therapy, as we've discussed. <laughs> but Godzilla... My God, mm-hmm. what a queen. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. When he first shows up, well, we should, real quick. Yeah. King yeah. Kong, so hot. So hot. I just have to say So it. hot. I think he's so hot. I, and King he's Kong so has sweet. a great ass. I'm not going to argue that. Can I, well, I, okay, I, I do want to just really quick point something out that I really appreciated in this movie. Okay. I yes. love, love, love that Godzilla has the thickest thighs and thickest hips in the yeah. entire world. And Absolutely. that King Kong, conversely, has the widest, thickest shoulders in the world. And as a design language thing of contrasting <laughs> ratios, I love that. I love narrow hips, wide shoulders, and wide hips, narrow shoulders. They are the opposite, complementary shape. Look at that. And it's incredible. Jason. Look at that. I mean, you have, you have, just, pear, you have what pear can you ask for from a couple, really? You have pear-shaped Godzilla, and you have Olympic swimmer-shaped King Kong. Exactly. So we yeah, have wow. two, you know, incredible men here on this planet, <laughs> yeah. and they have some beef. And I am just going to say, I am not buying for one second the throwaway exposition we got, which is like there was some, there was some feuding war between a civilization twenty thousand years ago or whatever. It's like right. what? Hold on. First of all, how do you know this? Second, obviously <laughs> there was a breakup. Because these two yeah. are fighting like Mr. and Mrs. Smith over Hong Kong. There is animosity <laughs> here. Is some other war, like their parents were fighting or whatever, or even they were the remnants of, because we'll never know because we can't talk. This is a breakup. Yep. And these are two tops at war with one another. This is a battle of tops. I don't know. I, over, well, all over Hong Kong. I, Sam, I'm going to say, disagrees. I think King Kong is first. Okay, that's fair. I think that's because fair. his leadership ability <laughs> shows that he has evolved in a lot of ways. Like, obviously, we'll get there because he's on a throne, you know. And I don't feel like that is really indicative one way or the other. I feel like he's somebody who can make sound decisions. Where, like Godzilla, clearly a top. <laughs> Godzilla is a top having I don't a bad think day. There's... <laughs> I think we no, can respect that, that that King Kong probably, you know. Sometimes King Kong wants to be the one who's held. <laughs> and that's that vulnerability that is inherent in Kong is part of why we love yes. him. That's probably And Adam Wingard knew that Kong was verse, and that's why he opened the movie on King Kong's butt, right? Mm-hmm. Not an accident. So there is a, so a very specific kind butt. of fan service happening with opening on King Kong's morning shower routine. This is this is opening on a handsome man's morning shower ritual. Followed by oh, God. a little girl in the jungle giving him a an ugly beanie baby. <laughs> I mean. I thought that was the cutest though. Adorable. I wanted King Kong to take cutest. I wanted King Kong to take his ugly doll. Yeah. I just wanted him to be like was a Thank you, tiny field mouse. She was so cute. It was a, it was made of rocks, guys. <laughs> this is a rock doll. It was yes, a, but it has to be durable children for King bring, Kong. No, that's a good children point. bring home terrible arts and crafts all the time. Mm-hmm. Like she's probably <laughs> King Kong. Oh my god, King Kong's fridge is probably covered in like macaroni <sighs> art that this child has made. Oh, you're right. Like, a little crayon drawing of herself, and then King Kong, and they're holding hands. 
I want to see King Kong's cave all decorated uh-huh. with like arts and crafts from his little friend. He's like, oh, she's, she's so well, talented. We know he's the, she's the one. She's the one person he saved when Skull yeah. Island was overtaken by the storm, mm-hmm. and they had to like preserve him in that biodome. So mm-hmm. clearly, like this has been this has been like a father daughter relationship that's very special for some time. Yeah. Well, and then I, they're on the boat, and he Amy Good Girl is the situation, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello, Congo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I can't believe I wanted them to give him a green drop drink. Like, green drop drink. Give green Kong drop, the green drop drink. He probably would have mellowed out a lot more for that trip if they had just given him a green drop drink. Isa Gonzalez could have absolutely sold the line, are you giving that gorilla a martini? <laughs> like, she 100 <laughs> 100 it's amazing how like you show up like kong shows up in this movie and kong's a babe godzilla Mm -hmm. clearly a hunk and Mm then aiza gonzalez manages to show up and out hot everyone else on screen yeah and that she is the daughter of demian bashir's character who before aiza showed up was out hotting everybody around him it's like i'm so glad they gave us a very sexy father daughter pairing in those two characters it's great too because alexander skarsgård played the most covered up character he's played his whole career he emerges in a sweater turtleneck and a beard like full beard (laughs) he's also going through a breakup obviously (laughs) because he's dressed for it in the jungle yeah i mean i think he was he was he was he the ex of rebecca hall's character or were they just like estranged colleagues they never clarify but there's very clearly an undercurrent there's no way they would be colleagues because she's like a primatologist and he's a geologist and those twains don't meet (laughs) everything that he was clearly there's there's a schism there clearly so yes probably i would assume breakup but more importantly jordan i just want to i just want to point out that like couldn't they just not have gotten, and I will defend this to the fucking death on this one, Aaron Eckhart from the core. Okay. He was, he was just, he, no, not that. No, Aaron, not that Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart it, are you saying that he could have been in this? I was saying that this character was 100% just Aaron Eckhart's character from the core, but with worse science. And I was like, what the, f- and, the and way that very well, you could have, you could have put Aaron Eckhart in this role in this movie yes. and it would have made total sense. I will, yes. I will say yes, Aaron Eckhart belongs here, not the in the Call Me By Your Name sequel. <laughs> we don't have to go back to that. We don't have to go back to that discussion. We found a happy medium. We settled upon Matthew Crawley. No, we it's settled fine. upon. Oh, wait, yes, Dan Stevens. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> yes. Um, and when I tried to remember what the name of the, what, what the name of the character was to even in the first place argue with you, I just had to type um, "guy who died Downton Abbey car" because I couldn't remember any of the details. Um, anyway, so point Shouts is out that- to Lee Pace Twitter. We love you. Thank you for not bullying me. Um, the point being, I was so I was uh, a little high when I watched this the first time, and okay. I in my notes halfway through, I just start calling him Aaron Eckhart, not as a <laughs> not as a shady thing, but just because no. my brain crossed them so completely because of how much he was that. I mean, it is the opposite role. of shade for you to dub a character the core Aaron Eckhart version of something. That is, in fact, a high compliment. Well, he was the made-for-TV movie version, I would argue. Wow. <laughs> I, I, mean, I was not a fan of the humans in this film, guys. I was not. I mean, other than Millie Bobby Brown, like that subplot, I was there for. I was not there for um, 
you know, Rebecca, I, God bless Rebecca Hall, but I just wanted, I, I was like, just show me more about animals. Yeah, the only, the only humans I was invested in were like the scoops troop yeah. of this, uh, the, this installment, which is Brian Tyree Henry, Millie Bobby Brown, and that extremely comedically inclined, charming New Zealand actor from Deadpool 2, whose name I will find because he is quite talented. Uh, but we can continue talking until I do that. I was very excited to see Millie. Um, as Godzilla's chosen child, and then, you know, yes. King Kong's chosen mm-hmm. child. The mm-hmm. only disappointment yep. for me is that Millie and the little girl didn't fight because I thought it was going to be a true mm. versus situation. It's fine. <laughs> if they're not going <laughs> to go head to head, maybe they're saving that for the sequel. I waited for the post credit scene, which wasn't there. No, I know. I, I'm I'm wanting, I'm hoping they continue the MonsterVerse. I would love to see them just keep handies, handing these things off to different filmmakers to make their monster movies. I think that would be, I mean, obviously there are enough Titans left to continue the story. So I just want to see cities get fucked up by Mm -hmm. giant monsters. I would like there to be a Hunger Games crossover because that's clearly what they were keeping King Kong in was the arena from the second Hunger Games film. Yes, yes. That was so, where's the sundial that they're running from? I needed it. When King Kong threw his spear like five minutes in and it was like that whole like, you know, it was like, yeah. oh yeah, yes. this is what we're in. I just like, I was it was it was very Katniss when she. I was like expecting him to then yeah. take the bow, <laughs> and then that like just very full on Jennifer Lawrence. We act. need the we need the Titan Quarter Quell. We need the oh, Titan Quarter Quell. Oh my god, can you imagine? And also bring Jenna Malone in. I don't care. Find a way. <laughs> Find a way. Did King Kong get bigger? We were robbed of sufficient Jenna Malone in those movies, so yes. Did King Kong get bigger? Because that's what I was trying to figure out. Yes. And they say that in the beginning of the movie, there's a moment where Rebecca Hall says he's getting bigger, like he's going to outgrow this facility he's gotten bigger. Because I remember seeing that in the trailers and being like, wow, King Kong got a lot fucking more huge since the last time we saw him. Because he's almost eye to eye with Godzilla, when in no way was he that scale in Skull Island. Because King Kong is the size of a fucking skyscraper. And I mean, Godzilla is the size of a skyscraper and King Kong was not that. So could this be the point where we talk about what a mismatch this fight is? <laughs> yes. I, yes. In, okay. In the 1962 version, the way they handle this, which is mm-hmm. so silly, but it's that like basically anytime that King Kong goes through power lines, he gets stronger. So that's his whole sure. juice. Oh, okay. So like at first it, it is a mismatch and Godzilla's like doing his thing, flattening cities. And then they're trying to like deter him by having million volt like lines. Oh, so then King okay. Kong goes through the vaults and then it's like suddenly he's strong enough to take on Godzilla. And he actually oh, okay. wins yeah. the original movie. Oh, does mm-hmm. he? King Kong, like okay. basically they fight underwater and then the only like King Kong floats up at the end and swims to his little island. so very different direction that's what i really liked about this because king kong doesn't know this is a mismatch like king kong's like you know what i can do this yeah yeah king kong Kong tells us kong bows to no man Kong bows to no one. And definitely not his ex. So he's going into every fight. He's going into every fight, particularly with his ex. Like he's the presumed victim. Mm -hmm. He's he's comes in with an energy that is so admirable that even when Godzilla's like swimming through the ocean and cutting through ships like butter, only some of them, some of the ships, they don't cut, apparently. (laughs) But some of them cut like butter. And King Kong's just chilling on this boat. Like, I mean, a sitting duck. Thank God he didn't die in the first act. 
Because he was a monkey in the ocean. Yeah, he was a monkey in the ocean. Tied, well, that is tied to a bunch of weights, which did like they didn't have any plan in place. They knew that Godzilla was going to come for him. Right? Why did they not have a plan? I was very angry at their lack of foresight on that because they should have at least had like some sort of insurance plan in place to not be dragged down with the Godzilla with with the fight. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: a difference between Kong and Godzilla in in fight prowess is that. Kong required more human intervention yes. at any point than Godzilla ever mm. did. Multiple times humans bail out Kong for moments of distress. They send the depth charges to get like the death grip off of Kong underwater. They take out the like skull crawler ter- pterodactyl hybrid that he gets in a scrape with in Hollow Earth. Godzilla does not get that kind of human intervention when he's working with biomass titans. When it comes to Mecha Godzilla, obviously Kong intervenes and they take him out together and they tag team it. But when it comes to Titan the Organic Titan, Godzilla yeah. not beatable. Not beatable no. by Kong. even though I will say it is a close fight because he is in he is much more athletic, he is much more dactyl, he can make and use tools. Mm. And that does level the playing field a bit, but the it, it's tough to fight with the mass and the radiation fire breath. But his tool is coming from, from a piece of Godzilla. So I yeah. mean, that felt like a cheat to me. I didn't like that. I <laughs> didn't like his well, tool was was from because I was like, at least give him something. Like give him his own thing. Don't have well, him. I mean, but I mean his own thing. But when you. It's just the it's the math that this is the most powerful being. So it's like, what else are you going to use? Right. It's like so it's like having to problem. stab. It's like ha- no, it's like having to stab Spider Man with kryptonite. It's like having to get him your kryptonite when he's from planet Krypton in order Spider-Man? to weaken him. I'm, I'm oh, sorry, try- Spider Superman. Oh, um, I was like so trying to like, stab okay. Spider Man with. <laughs> I was like, I mean, you know what I'm talking like, about? It's Superman. Spider Man with a spider was where I no, thought that was going to go, and it was talk through this vocal error forever, or we can accept that I was saying no, Superman. No, no, I actually I agree with the error though. <laughs> but anyways, it's fine. Well, if you stab anyone with kryptonite, if you stab <laughs> them at that point, that's a yeah, problem. Or you stab their superpowers. You're saying, but we're going to Brandon. But Jordan Superman here, where he is literally stabbed with kryptonite. See, now the thing is, if they had been like, if his if his axe had been made from those floaty purple things that we the see in the, right. the floaty in purple Hollow rocks Earth. in Hollow Earth, I'd be on board. That would be an, a one-to-one kind of kryptonite comparison. Superman is not made of kryptonite. It's not like they're like, oh, if you can stab Superman. It's like the a more accurate analogy would be the only way to hurt Superman is that when you use his laser vision and then you put a mirror up against it and then the sure. laser shoots back at him. I mean, which would, if you had a mirror capable of reflecting Superman laser vision, it would probably have that. But maybe, That's how he shaves. Maybe if, like having your axe. That's like that canonically, of- canonically how he shaves. Ah, well, but I see. See, I think this is a. I think this is a. I like this as a solution or- because what could what could be more effective against the most like physically powerful invincible even- creature than its own armor? Because that like, means that if he wins, he doesn't actually win because he's more because pa- he's. A better fight. He won because he had a cheat code. He won because he used part of Godzilla. No, it means he's, Godzilla it means he's only a be better. It means he's a better fighter, but he is not the innately more powerful being. Like he's a that's smarter like saying fighter. An, yeah, he's a smarter fighter. Like that. That just because like an underdog wins doesn't mean they are the necessarily better team in a matchup between like an eleven seed and a one seed. But they had a better plan that day and they executed better. 
I think it would be like because if if like, he's like the glow. UCLA is still not as good as Gonzaga. Even if like they had beat Gonzaga last night, they would have had a great day. If they did sure. use the glowing rocks in the axe instead of his spikes, though, it would have been a bit like stabbing Spider-Man with um, kryptonite. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's why I think you it ties I mean. together. At the end of the day, you've stabbed someone. No, no, no. Jordan. <laughs> yeah, but I, no but I, I do love the notion of like, well, if you stab someone, you've stabbed them. That's true, them, but he's, so he's fighting, he's that fighting is also smarter. A wound. And, and it makes him, you know, a, a lovable boyfriend option. You know, so going back <laughs> to standing King Kong. <laughs> yeah. Love them both. Yeah, but- this is really, it's, it's really not Godzilla versus Kong in terms of fighting. It's Godzilla versus Kong in terms of who you take home to your mother. Mm. <laughs> That's a tough choice. I think ultimately it's got to be Kong, but like Godzilla's got that bad boy appeal. <laughs> so is this movie like secretly conservative though? Because like the cons- hey, Please tell me how, because I'm prepared to agree. I'm well, prepared to be like, yes. Because like, they have this like podcast guy shooting out conspiracy theories like Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he can't be right. But then he's right. And then it's like, oh, no, is he like an anti-vaxxer? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I, can't, I can't get behind this guy. Right. You're like, what, yeah. we, what we know about like independently podcasting conspiracy theorists who disseminate their messages on Facebook suggests this man is friendly with QAnon. And up, like, that is, there is an implication there we can very easily extend. You're yeah. right about I mean, that. King of the Monsters, like, the bad guy was like the libs. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 like, oh, God, Bernie would rather everybody be dead. So I guess, you know, yeah. we gotta do like, let the monsters take over. So it just feels like well, cause, And Brian Tyree Henry, too, his character character also like doesn't believe in the fluoride in the water he he like yeah. showers in bleach yep. he is probably he is no way he definitely can he thinks covid is 5g <laughs> he thinks the vaccine will chip mm-hmm. you like yeah. he's definitely believes all that shit yeah there was i i absolutely did have that moment i was like you know what i'm not sure that in our in in the year of our lord 2021 <laughs> it's time for any more conspiracy theory characters <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> it's just it's it was too it, it, like his deep embedding it was all too much and then once he threw out lizard people and like right guys, oh yeah lizard people he mentions lizard people and i just want to make a, a a public request that we stop <laughs> referencing lizard people because it's really just ultimately a conspiracy theory about jews right yes yes and that is that is anti-semitic in its it origins very anti-semitic in its origins and yes. uh as as somebody who is not a lizard person but is a jew um, not as funny as you think, honestly. <laughs> Man. Just, you know, not as just, oh, what a wacky, endearing thing that is. Amanda, uh, to the, hear thing him. That, the thing that popped into my head this time for the first time in a while mm-hmm. was the wandering Jew. <laughs> <laughs> the wandering Jew. Uh, uh, the worst. Which is like, I forget, it was like a plant. plant. Yeah, it's, it's a, a plant. plant. It's a plant. Sam, there is a there is a there is a plant called the wandering Jew. Yeah. Oh. That you can acquire. And this came up when we were covering the wandering earth when we did that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh Google suggested <laughs> it to me and uh yeah. she was looking up wandering earth and it auto-completed to wandering Jew. Wow. Yeah. And different. The way result. that my face froze at when we were talking earlier. And you guys were all like, oh, is Amanda's computer frozen? And I was like, no, I'm just I'm just amazed and delighted and horrified. It was that, but inverted. Yeah. <laughs> Until I was like, oh good, it's not, it's not an it's not an anti-Semitism. Oh good. Yeah, it's um, not it's not like an anti-Semitism lizard people thing. It's it's just botany. It's just botany. It's weird, <laughs> but it's just botany. So anyway, 
but yeah, so I because like I Brian Tyree's Henry's character was so like he's so likable, but he's then also so likable. I love Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, but then also I was like, but oh, I'm just I, I'm just rooting for Q with it. Like what <laughs> is this? Like the little Q salt sleuths? Like and what is happening here? And Millie Bobby I, Brown is super into it, and she's like. I love that Millie Bobby Brown basically got to play like a tiny detective. Yeah. She got to play like she got to be Harriet the Spy in this movie. Yeah. And it made me want I as a big fan of Enola Holmes and and a big fan of getting to see Millie Bobby Brown play fun teens. I loved this role for her where she got mm-hmm. to be like where she got to like turn a side eye to everything and in a fun sense be conspiratorial with Brian Tyree Henry if they hadn't been talking about actual conspiracy theories and Julian uh Julian Dennison yeah the third of this little scoops troop I loved their vibe together I would watch like a Disney live action adventure movie with those three actors yeah it was I'm like right, if they I'm were right in Jungle board. Book 3 with The Rock I would be fucking delighted by it. You know, it's interesting that you said um, Harriet the Spy because I went a different Michelle Trachtenberg route. I was totally thinking Penny from Inspector Gadget. So Penny is obviously our Michelle Trachtenberg of 2021. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Yes. I really want that for her so much more than being 11 and not getting to talk. Mm Mm-hmm. Which means she's going to have a fantastic turn as a Georgina Sparks character oh in like 10 years. And I cannot wait. Oh my God. Wait. When do we get bitchy Millie Bobby oh Brown? Like bitchy, rich, elitist Millie Bobby. Oh my God. I want to see Millie Bobby Brown as a cruel British socialite in something. Get her a I want to see, you know what? There, excuse me, yeah, headband. There is a remake of Gossip Girl. I cannot wait to see her cyberbully. Tabby <laughs> That's what we need in our lives. I did love that she was like, I loved her unwashed grungy vibe. I was just like, this is a perfect, not unwashed in the unkempt way, but she just yeah. like her eyeliner, she had on a flannel at one point. I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I love like 90s light grunge. Yeah. This yeah, was this, 90s light Millie Bobby. You're this, right. Yeah. That she spent most of this movie with her hair in one of those like little half buns was just, yeah. I was like, just the cute. Like, yes, let her have fun. You let her have fun. Her eyeliner, though, was a little bit me when I was listening to my chemical romance. I was like, this is a this is a little much. You know what I mean? No, that is that is how close close was she to seen? How close was she to seen? It was right on the inner lid. So she was really close. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you put it. You get it right in your eye, you know. Oh god, I've watched people do that and it makes me want to die. (sighs) Oh. Anyways. When your mom sacrifices herself to a bunch of kaiju after bringing you along with a bunch of international it's, terrorists, it's true. You're allowed to tight line. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the appropriate amount of angst for what it what she has been yeah. through. That's certainly yeah. She did. We didn't have to hear her mention tearfully anything about her mom. We didn't have to hear her say anything about her dad. Her eyeliner said it all. I think a perfect movie representation of this movie's approach to solutions is how we resolve um, a way that we resolve like um, Apex, the basically Mm. like graduation of Monarch, where Julian Dennison is like fake hacking into the system and he can't do it and he just pours water on the most advanced computer system in the world and shorts it out. Yeah. I think that is, I love that that to me is so representative of this movie's approach to solving problems. I'm like, of course that's what it is. That's exactly what I fucking want in a movie mm-hmm. like this. Just get me back to being in the rift, being in the rift mm-hmm. with a Ghidorah skull while this guy is like Jaeger syncing up over here with Mecha Godzilla. 
before he becomes artificially intelligent and rises on his own. And then let me get back to the great battle of Hong Kong between Godzilla and Kong. Spill water on the fucking computer. I don't need a longer explanation than that. Yes. This- mm-hmm. Yes. I don't, I'm having fun with these people. I don't give a shit about them. Just let them short circuit these computers and let me get back to the fun stuff. This is what's actually hard for me about action films usually. And that this is why, you know, it, it takes a certain kind for me. I can't do mm-hmm. the people parts too long because I just mm-hmm. don't, the science doesn't interest me and there are explanations for everything. Yep. So I zone out and then I miss important shit. This is actually why yep. Fast and Furious is hard for me. Because they're always explaining the hell out of everything. And I'm like, just run that car through a building. You know what I mean? And so, like, (laughs) by the time we're, we're like, middle-earthing it, and, like, they're they're heading down their portal and everything. And when King Kong, Mm -hmm. like, uses actual monkey bars to get to the center of the planet, (laughs) that's when I'm back. (laughs) That giant ape is on monkey bars. Yeah. I love that this movie is, like, we need Kong to lead us through these tunnels to hollow earth when they absolutely don't. No, no. they can just fall into the hole and it throws them where they're supposed to go. Following Kong did absolutely nothing for them. They needed him to lead them specifically to the power source, which once you get there and you realize that the power source is the big glowing mountain where there's yes. a lightning storm, it doesn't seem particularly <laughs> necessary. Yeah, once you realize um, that Mordor is where the power source is, it's, it's pretty self-evident. Yeah. At what point did you all cry? I'll tell you mine. <laughs> Oh, as soon as as soon as we woke up with King Kong and I saw his all too human and emotional eyes, I cried in this Okay. Movie. I was weeping. For me it was when we saw Hollow Earth like for the first time. Oh. Okay. It's breathtaking. I just was like It's beautiful. It's it was just like tears streaming down my face. I'm like I was watching with my boyfriend. I'm like, "Babe, why am I crying?" And he's like, "Because you're sensitive." <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was the whole conversation. But I I was living. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, and King on the Kong on the boat in the the restraints I cried. Little when we oh, get the yeah. monster touch, when we get the monster hand touch, I cried. Um when I was worried Godzilla was gonna die, I cried. King I Kong, am or, so emotional. King Kong was gonna try, well, you mean King Kong or Godzilla? No, when I thought Mecha might oh, actually yeah. kill him before Kong saves the day. Oh, like, wow. They tag- I figured that you would have gotten gotten there with Kong, like his heartbeat slowing, because that was oh, like- Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, when he's on the boat and she's like, he's sad. Like, oh, that's that awful. Yeah. That was awful. I was welling up, I think, pre the precursor to that was when the little girl told him that the reason he should go into Earth was because his family might be down there. And he went, he went right faster than like, as if she had said it was an open bar. He just like, bolted. <laughs> and so I was yep. a mess. Cause I was like, Oh, it's a queer film. It's about family, like chosen family. <laughs> you know, he's going to go uh-huh. into this world full of monsters where he belongs and found his people because he's been on the surface of this planet with these fuckers all this time. But the, but the people yeah. that like, really get him are inside the planet. He's got to get there. And then he got there and he realizes, no, he is totally alone. Cried again. Yeah. yeah. Wow. When he gets to his like chamber and realizes yeah. that no one's waiting for him at the dinner table. Horrible. Yeah. Fucking horrible. And he's been manipulated into going. Like he needed to get to Hollow Earth. That was his place. Wait, that was home that for scene, him. Man? But yeah, oh he gets there and God. there's like nobody there. Like that's the chamber. Well, I thought he they were sees just the handprint busy. on the door. I don't know. <laughs> No, I think they're they're gone. They're all. I think they're all gone. He gets down there and he like sees bones. Oh God, you're right. But they were like monster. They were like monster bones, though. They weren't like King Kong bones. I didn't know if they were other Kong bones. I thought those were monster bones. I just figured they weren't down there very long. I 
freaking. I yeah, I yeah. assumed that there were no other gods. Like, cause there's no other King Kongs because we learned that all the other King Kongs have died from Skull yeah. Island right. back when we heard when Skull Island supposedly was a portal that you could get through. Yeah. They were that the Kongs were coming up to fight the skull crawlers and they're all dead now. I I honestly didn't want Kong at the end of this movie to stay there because like that's not his home either. That's not well, okay, okay, they have like a big throne for him, but like he died. He almost died within minutes of being down there. There are pterodactyls <laughs> trying to strangle him, and he was not prepared to fight them. They just I do put him into a new it. environment where he can die. I love that we do get a very like pure warrior god moment, like g- war god moment, when he rips off the neck of a giant pterodactyl and drinks its blood. That was yeah, fun. And, like, rips out its tongue from its from the back of its head. I was like, yeah, yeah fuck yeah, that's what I want to see here. That's what I want in this domination. What confidence. Pterodactyls, are, which are this. full of mountain yeah. death. Yes. <laughs> I can't imagine being like, yeah, I think this food, this is a food source. But I guess he's been, has he, okay, here's the thing. Has he been there before? Or is that like his family that was there before? No, I don't think he's been. Okay, so he was just taken. I think he's death. always been Skull Island bound. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So when he sat on that throne, he was just really just resting. Like to us, it was like, wow, he's reclaiming his throne. He's ruling this area. But like Kong was just like, look, it's like a journey. <laughs> I just got to swim through gravity. I'm just going to sit for a yeah. <laughs> I was panting outside the door moments ago and I don't ever do that. So I need to take five. This makes a lot more sense. Which I do want to just mention the wonderful absurdity of the idea that Kong's made doors. Like, I love that. I just, I, I, so I mean, you gotta have drama. They were a crazy I, I, that's ceremony. exactly it. I appreciated the level of drama and like yeah. extraness involved in being like, we're not just gonna have a ceremonial throne room centered at the at that at the most powerful spot in yeah. our in Middle Earth. We're gonna also have doors. Okay, yeah. guys. Here's a full palace, but the only accessory in the entire place is an axe. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. What, the whole thing's empty. It's, it's, it's like when I made houses in Sims 2. I would like build a house and then just lose all interest in decorating. Oh my God, you're describing my Animal Crossing Island. Yeah. <laughs> it's just trash inside. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not fun once you've made it. Then you're like, oh God, now I just have to decorate it just like my real life. No. <laughs> so, the, the one, the evil villain lady, uh, or in, mm-hmm. the act one villain... <laughs> Because, you know. Yeah, Aiza Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. Aiza Gonzalez, so when, yeah. Her, I'm here for her all the way through until she gives her motive, which is just, my father gets what he wants. <laughs> is her yes. literal life. I was really my father hoping, gets what he wants. <laughs> what? I was really hoping she was either going to, like, betray father at yep. that point or have her own abominable, like, I'm going to kill yeah, him gonna, and take over the company I, reasons. And not just, like... Now. Oh, well, my daddy gets what he wants. Was like, oh, don't make Aiza do that. I know. I was like, Adam. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing, you know, buddy? Right? I loved, and I hope this was a Demi and Bashir choice. I loved the flamboyance of his, of his like, super villain. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved his kind of just, like, camp flourish mm-hmm. to this character. I thought that was the exact right tone for yeah. what this movie was doing. Always with a glass of whiskey in his hand. That was that was very much the fact. I think that was purposeful because of the fact that then when he's about to villain monologue, it gets undercut. 
And also that person is the is exactly the person who would adorn his state-of-the-art future tech cybernetic biological nightmare palace with disco accessories. <laughs> with like you said, neon track lighting with Joel Schumacher colors. Like this was a person who wanted drama in addition to like world-class bioweaponry. What a fucking cool weapon, by the way. I mean, Oh yeah. Just to unpack that, like, it's not just Mecha Godzilla who was like <clears throat> going back to like childhood Sam. That was my fucking favorite. So it's like to see yeah. that emerge. That was the second time you know I cried um, because it was mm-hmm. really happening in front of my eyes. And <laughs> but it was the fact that it was controlled biologically through like the skull of the previous villain. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is a leap that I like. Like this, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not just going to be like we're going to build a giant robot that's exactly like Godzilla because who can answer why that would happen? Why? There's a better model. Okay, I mean, I sure, and we're going to imitate his blue thing, but we're going to make it red. His lasers. We're going to make it red. I'll, I'll even Uh, when they put that when they did like a live skull with a VR guy inside to control him. Yes, with just tubes coming out. Extends me. Yeah, just like this is all the way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The yes and of some of these things was just so thrilling to see. I would love to have been in the room when someone was like, isn't this a little Pacific Rimmy? And everyone just turned and stared and was like, so? (laughs) (laughs) Your point? The recursive loop that happens between the existence of Godzilla and then Pacific Rim and then this movie where you're like, well, this is a knockoff of Pacific Rim wouldn't exist without Godzilla and Godzilla. Right, had right. To, and you just have to like get in this, in this, and you're in this time loop where you're in the Jeremy Barramy of understanding who <laughs> you are. Who. You absolutely are. Until you have to just accept that like, no, you know what? It's perfect. It's all just as it should be. The world is yeah. as it should be. And yes, cybernetic Elon Musk would be like, fuck OSHA regulations about lighting. Let's make this, <laughs> let's make this drama. I absolutely saw this hyperloop that Apex has mm-hmm. that transports its goods from one side of the world to the other. And I was like, this movie said, fuck you, Elon Musk. <laughs> this movie was like, fuck you. We're making this thing that you just like have vaporware in your mm-hmm. mind about because we can yeah. and we're taking it to the next level. And I appreciated that. The technology thing, I, I'm not going to get hung up on it because that's not what I don't want. I love it. No. But one thing yeah, I did have yeah. a question about was like these ships are supposed to withstand anything and that's why they can go through the ground all the way to the middle so i'm believing that these people can't get out and then suddenly (laughs) they're hanging out in in fucking hollow earth no i was really i was really surprised when without any regulators they just entered hollow earth's atmosphere i was like oh we didn't did we talk about how this is like nitrogen based atmosphere it has to be because otherwise they so the only risk to going through hollow earth was the point with the gravity inversion when the entirety they make it really clear that like the thing that will kill you is the thing is the part where it feels like your intestines are being ripped out through your throat at a thousand miles an hour and we're going to take this six-year-old with us who doesn't really understand these concepts but it'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah a real vera farmiga terrorist vera farmiga bring your child to work good choice (laughs) yeah this is really like the I have to believe this whole movie is set on Earth 2 where we don't have the same laws of like anything involving Earth science and also there's no such thing as babysitters. Yeah. (laughs) This is absolutely the safest place for her. Yeah. (laughs) 
let's take her to the like even without the gravity inversion. Let's take her to the part of the planet that is filled with the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surely she won't see anything traumatizing there. No, no. No, nothing nothing upsetting shall happen to this tiny child there. Who's already uh, dealt with a lot of trauma. Yeah, who's lost Like, losing her, her entire community. Yeah. Yes. Everybody around her has Everybody. died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone. The only existence of her, pla- of her home as she knows it is in a dome. Much like, <laughs> yes. much like Godzilla. And then she's also been told by her surrogate mother that no, no, no. This isn't our home. Home is where we are. And it's like, no, ma'am. Home is not. Home might be for you, where where you guys are. But for this girl, home is there. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Indeed, that is home. Yeah. But um, but so, no, the the, if if Hollow Earth hadn't had the same exact, like, composition, it wouldn't have made sense why they could all function on Earth. Okay, yeah, you're right. Like, so they would have the same atmosphere and all that the only risk was the gravity inversion mm-hmm. um which they get through that and so they're fine they're still you would think they would have had a little bit of caution <laughs> about standing on top of like what is apparently the super nuclear like most powerful energy source that probably radiates yeah there's not a lot of cur- concern about radiation though in yeah the- the, that is an interesting thing consistently about these movies is yeah. the importance of radiation <laughs> And the utter lack of concern with anybody's exposure to these extraordinary, like, cosmic levels of radiation. Yeah. Which they are constantly exposed to. Maybe someday they'll all blow up and be giant monsters, too. Maybe we get Mecha Millie Bobby Brown. Maybe that's her, like, evil villainry uprising that we've been waiting for. Yeah, maybe we get get Mecha Millie Bobby Brown. A Mecha Millie. Attack of the 50,000-foot Mecha Millie. I, okay, so the the city when they speaking of the attack um, when they reemerged yes. into the city, first of all, the fact that Godzilla found the one Empire State Building in Hong Kong and hung off of it here for it, yes, love a man yeah. with consistency. But like yes. when they're going through, it really does feel like Godzilla versus King Kong and everyone else. It is like yes, <laughs> people. It truly it, is. We watch like like five hundred million people get killed. <laughs> it is the most yeah. horrific. Oh. I, I have yes. ever seen in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to watch the the all those buildings and be like, that is so many people dying. Like that, which that isn't, which was weird because it's Roland Emmerich. You don't have that with like 2012. We didn't have no. that feeling. But watching this the whole time, I was like, oh no, this is just the entire population of Hong Kong. Wow. It made me happy that they didn't have one of those like, those like crowd POV shots, you know, when you, you look down at the mm-hmm. crowd running and then you're up from the crowd yeah. looking up before Godzilla stomps. I didn't need that in this mm-hmm. movie. Glad I didn't get it. <laughs> that would have yeah. been a little hard. We don't need more tan. We don't need that to feel more tangible. Yeah. You know what? I like this. I will say, yeah. oh, yes, I was, I was just going to ask, isn't, isn't city destruction sort of part and parcel with the Godzilla mythology because yeah. of the atom yeah. bomb, you know, yeah. uh, metaphor and stuff like that. Like, and so I guess, would it be a Godzilla movie if there weren't tons of people getting uh, destroyed? I'm not arguing well, it. What, no. What I right. what I what like I I started the, I started this movie angry because the readiness with which we declare Godzilla public enemy number one and say that he's no longer the Titan savior. I'm like, go 
fuck every one of yourselves yes. after what he has done for yes. us. After the fact that he's here at all is our goddamn fault. And your first instinct is not, well, knowing what we know now about happening with that whole Titan Storm the World Ghidorah thing and how that was summoned and put into action because of like biological imperatives and also terrorism, you're not going to assume, you're not going to start by being like, you know, guys, he didn't show up to do this last time until there was some sort of extraordinary threat. So let's consider what's actually getting Godzilla out of the ocean right now and not just decide he's the fucking bad guy. I was really, really annoyed at that. Well, something I, I like about this, this entire scenario, is that, you know, consistently throughout the series, people are awful in this specific MonsterVerse. Like, really, like humans yes, are yeah. the obvious bad guys. And it's not even just one group of humans or one country of humans. It is humanity. Yeah. And so when you watch... Yes. Godzilla originally destroys San Francisco, you know, they make the efforts to be like, but we're evacuating and people have all this time to anticipate it. And that's why when he battles, you don't feel it in this movie, you feel it. And I think it's intentional. I think it's a choice mm. because it makes the tension so high as specifically after the last movie, which was all about how mm -hmm. it's our fault that they're here. You know, yeah. and that, and, yeah. and that there, that ultimately we will always make the wrong choices as people. That like watching them cascade through these buildings made me both wince for the people that like just were not evacuated, and also be like, well, it also is kind of the theme, like nature's restoring the balance, and that's right. What the restoring, the, it's a Thanos. <laughs> It's a Thanos yeah. snapping kind of experience. It's weird to say that the the one part that is like super neon lit and candy colored in the dark and all this coolness is also the mm -hmm. part that feels the most hyper real in terms of like death. Mm -hmm. I can't explain that, mm -hmm. but it was like both fun yeah. and like, I, I don't know. I felt the magnitude of that moment. And I think that's really the first time watching any of these Godzilla movies that I felt that way personally. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I would agree with you on that. And it's funny because they try to kind of bring that in with at the beginning of King of the Monsters by having like showing the real world consequence of the of the battle with the Mutos yes. because you see, yes. you know, Kyle Chandler's other kid has died. Um, but also, but it never feels concrete in the way I, I totally agree. It never feels concrete in the way that this does. Right. Yeah. I and I I feel like this this movie does a good job of creating a very human sense of rivalry between, or like a human, hum, human relatable sense of rivalry between Godzilla and King Kong. Like I'm watching this yeah. and I feel like I'm watching two of my friends in a fight and I would, I just want it to end. Like I love the fight, but I also just want it to end because I just want them to decide that they're over their bullshit mm -hmm. and that we all get to hang out again. Like oh. I have an emotional attachment to both of these. But that's characters. how you know they did because yeah. at the end, Godzilla yes. steps on, when yes. God, not the, at the end, the end of the second I act, was going to say, when Godzilla I was going to say the step on off. the throat. Because Godzilla obviously lasered all the way to the middle of the earth to like fuck up his day. So like when Godzilla uh -huh. steps on him and doesn't laser King Kong's head off, that's why you yep. know they love each other. The deep down, even through mm -hmm. this fight, they still have history and it's important that they preserve uh -huh. that. You're absolutely I right. When when he has his foot on King Kong's throat and he's yelling, chest, right square on his chest. I mean, it's basic. We know what it was going for there. He was trying. To, he, we know what he was Writing going for there. Tonight. And yeah, <laughs> but and and like and he basically yells at him in the and like you can just see like in Monster is like say that I'm the king and Godzilla is like 
fine, you bastard. And I just felt so bad for both of them because I was like, I loved the screaming in each other's faces. I I loved it. It was so pain. After that was the heartbreaking Mm -hmm. part because it's like, no, buddy, you can't. And he falls yeah. down again. I mean, when when Godzilla is scratching his chest to shit, oh. I was so mad. I was like, mm-hmm. "You're taking this too far, Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, you're taking this. This is not cool. Like, I was with you until this moment, but okay, buddy. Everything like, else, dial it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this feels really personal. This is like intimate violence right now, and mm-hmm. I'm really upset at you. I'm I can't take your side in this friend fight and say I see where you're coming from. But they make a real cute team, don't they? Oh my they gosh! Do. Yeah, when they when they have when they finally I, when of course Alexander Skarsgård takes the heave, takes the heave ship, and is like, we're gonna defibrillate King Kong mm-hmm. by using the most powerful electrical explosive known to man and blow it up on his chest. It's it's just the perfect compliment to let's nuke Godzilla to revitalize him, and then King Kong like wakes up like. Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, like adrenaline needle to the heart, d- wakes up fucking dusted to his eyeballs, just jacked. Mm-hmm. And when they go after Mechagodzilla together, when they are like, when it's the give and the take, and it's mm-hmm. the it's the it's the Rock and Stave versus Idris Elba from that Hobbs was, and Shaw fight. Jordan, that was that exactly who I is. was thinking of as that combination is just the in terms of just the two of them going at it. The punch I mean, and, that is give and Godzilla take. and Kong is Rock and Stave. That is yeah. Godzilla, Rock and Stave, Kong. Like sheer brute force mm-hmm. versus like live athleticism versus Robo semi human superhero jacked up Idris Elba. It's just that fight. Yeah. So when they're going back and forth, I'm getting super Hobbs and Shaw vibes, which I absolutely fucking love. And then when like Godzilla is down and Kong's got. Like Mecca's got Kong and Godzilla like sees the axe and he's like, I'm going to juice up your axe with radiation and just like sprays fire breath at that. It is so fucking satisfying. It is a maximum like WWE moment of triumph. And when it is just King Kong hacking Mecca to fucking pieces. Oh, yeah. It is so mm-hmm. thrilling. I was just like screaming in my living room. It was a real you're my family now <laughs> situation. Wasn't it? I mean, it was just like. I... Speaking of Michelle Trachtenberg. <laughs> it was, yeah, definitely. It was a real black Christmas turn. You know, um, just because it was like to, to look over and, and have that little girl signed to him and, and, and just the realization, yeah. like, you know what? You're right. We've been mad too long. Yeah. <laughs> it's been. We've held on to this anger for too you... long. When their, when their daughter tells them, like. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> And then when the dads fight back, it's cute. Yeah. And they fight in a way. Okay. And I'm sorry. I know I'm really peddling this conspiracy theory. About no. So is Mecca, but... is Me- whose new boyfriend, whose new boyfriend is Mecca Godzilla then? Well, obviously Kong's. No. You know what? Okay. Actually, yeah. it is Godzilla's boyfriend. Because, you know, he's one of those boyfriend twin guys. I hate those people. <laughs> and this is coming from a person who has dated a guy named Sam. <laughs> you know, obviously, yeah, Mecha Godzilla is the new man, and he's a problem. And and Mecha Godzilla's got a great yeah, body. It all makes sense, mm-hmm. but like the, the, the thing is, and this is, I know I'm pushing something that is totally not there, but I don't care because it is the way no, that they fight to take him on is a way that intimately that intimately knows one another. The way that he it's like true. the toss 
the 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 laser thing, the the recharge, like all of it was like so it was so choreographed in a way that these two yes. know one mm-hmm. another's moves so you can anticipate they can anticipate the like other. only mm-hmm. a lover could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold, honestly. <laughs> I'm sold. Like this had not even occurred to me as a like well like we had briefly someone else had been like this movie should be an enemies to like somebody I follow in romance landia kind of yeah. Twitter was like this should be an a romance uh, an enemies to lovers sort of thing. But I yeah. I like even better lovers to enemies to lovers. I think that's a perfect yes. yeah a perfect through line for this film. Yeah, I mean, everybody was like, okay, then they're going to kiss, right? But nobody took it this far and yeah. gave it this much emotional weight for yeah. their because history. The, the backstory is key. When it's just waiting. It's just right mm-hmm. there waiting. Watching a couple straight people trying to explain why they're fighting, it reminds me of like when we used to have tabloids reporting like about Kristen Stewart <laughs> and her gal pal. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, oh, Miley's in a fight with her best friend at the beach. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't some ancient civilization war thing. You guys, come on. <laughs> Just report right. it accurately King- and fairly, please. King Kong, <laughs> King Kong at the beginning does have huge divorce dad energy. You're absolutely right oh, on yes. that. Oh, my yeah. God. He is sleeping in a mattress on oh. the floor. Mm-hmm. He's only buying liquor and sausage at the store. You yeah. know that shopping cart. You've seen it ahead of you. <laughs> yep. Like Godzilla, or Godzilla, King Kong could have just like cracked open a can of like baked beans and put it in the microwave. And I would have been like, that also tracks for this character. Yeah. And he's the one who's caring for the child. He's yeah. got custody. So his lift is a lot heavier. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Godzilla's just like fuckboying his way around oh the world. God, yeah. mm-hmm. So no responsibility, no accountability comes and goes as he pleases. And that was obviously part of the problem. I would even be okay with them not even getting together at the end. Cause to me what it is, it reminds me of like, okay, you know, when you date somebody and then like later you're like, we can still get along and maybe sometimes have sex. Mm-hmm. Like, or at least, sorry, that's really <laughs> personal. You know, it feels like they, they don't necessarily have to be together, but they can exist in the world together without destroying each other's planet. And like, they can actually yes. use each other's knowledge of one another to like team up and take on a problem and attack it. They can be good people <laughs> and exist and, and push each other to grow. Quite frankly, this is like, <laughs> This is the ideal model I do for a healthy like, relationship with your ex. It does like it makes the ending it makes the ending even more satisfying because they like, you know, they've taken out Mecha and they're both beat to shit. And you know what? A side note for Mecha Godzilla, you fucking chump, showing up after the first fight's already done. They're both depleted, they're both beat to shit, and then you're gonna walk in and be like, I'm the king of the monsters because I'm an opportunist opportunist. Fuck you, paper gangster, that's some trash. So then, but he gets beat in spite of being the one the only one who's fresh in the fight. And then Godzilla is walking up to King Kong and King Kong's laying on the ground like, I'm just so fucking tired. I just want to sleep. And then he sees Kong coming at him. So he stands up and he takes that axe. And then there's that moment of recognition and Kong Kong realizes, mm-hmm. you know what? I need to drop the axe. Mm-hmm. If I drop the axe, yep. I need to put down that aggression because he's not like I'm not, I'm ready to fight. But you're right. You see this axe and you think I mean something that I don't right now because we worked we worked some stuff out. So when he drops the axe, Kong and Godzilla can look at each other with this mutual respect and Kong can turn, Godzilla can turn around and go back into his deep layer and they can like, you know, have a nod of acknowledgement. And like you said, perhaps have a future as friends and intermittent lovers. And you know what? The reason why it had to be an axe with this scale is because what hurts your ex more than a piece of them? Like when you come at yeah. them, you're like, I'm coming at you're you with right. the truth. 
I'm trying to get you with your own fucking baggage. I can hurt you. I can hurt you most with your own fucking bullshit. So it makes sense that when Kong finally drops the axe, it is. It's like, you know what? I don't have to hurt you with you anymore. All right. That is a really good counterpoint. I I exceed my previous distaste for the axe. I am with you on this one. I mean, I think we, cause like we, we will, we will now, I think like pretty much now we could move to what was this movie? What movie, what is this movie really about after our sponsor break? But I have a feeling we may have answered that question. Yeah. Um, but that does mean I, if we, do we feel ready to move on from the bulk of the show to like yeah. to our, our rundowns? Okay. So that, that then brings us to our super yucky moment for our yeah. beloved disaster divas. Now, now, listeners, just to let you uh, behind the fourth wall here, just for for a moment, uh, Amanda and Jordan are, are about to read new copy uh, that yeah. was sent to them recently. Maybe for the first time. I don't know if they've even looked over it before, so it, it might be a real fun hot read here. Uh, yeah, I was this- gonna ask actually, Jordan, can I start mostly because I think I'm gonna butcher some names if I don't. Okay, you start, and I will I will do the pickups after your starting section. <laughs> okay, Amanda. Folks, do you love movies, the good ones, even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki might be the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts saluting the brave of us who go to the movies by themselves, to comfy sweatshirts and aprons commemorating historic events like the night Florence Pugh made marmalade. They even carry enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Hayao Miyazaki and Guillermo del Toro. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to your favorite movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all of their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code DISASTERDIVA, all caps, no spaces, DISASTERDIVA, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Happy fifth anniversary, Super Yaki. Let's watch more movies. Oh yeah, that guys, that went off almost without a hitch. That was impressive. <laughs> I can't believe I was the only hitch. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I, Will Smith Jordan, is the only hitch. Because <laughs> I've had to do that environmentally friendly and compostable poly mailer line for most it's of the true. podcast, and that is a tough one. Yeah. That I, is I was, a tongue twister. It is a that one has been a tricky one. So I uh, that was the other. I was like, I really don't want to keep having to say that. I just want to break. <laughs> And look, I was also kind of hoping that you guys would like sort of change the order this time too, because then it keeps it fresh for everyone. And also, we if you're fresh. reading similar lines that that you were before, then you're gonna like fall into the sort of repetitiveness that what you're the right. old lines no, were. No, you so. did great producing there, Jason. It's Good call. That was great you know, producing. But can we just just, just credit best. to us just one more time how amazing Jordan and I are oh. at the handoff. Truly. That was very. That was a good batoning. That was that oh. was a good relay race. We're seamless. God, Super Yaki is so lucky we, to have us. They honestly, <laughs> any sponsor would be. Would we, lo- we do love Super Yaki? H- we do love it. it. It's like they're they're our favorite sponsor. Ab- yeah. Undefeated. Wait, H- sorry, Amanda, were you? Yeah, I was okay. going to shade was HBO to- Go again and say HBO Go would have been lucky to have us. As would Tubi. Yeah, they really fucking just would. saying. I think HBO Max is probably uh, upset that you're misnaming them <laughs> uh, because of their, yeah, is, which to be fair, that's a power move. This that, is Amanda's yeah. negging. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I didn't bother to learn your name because you didn't <laughs> pay me to learn your name. 
Okay. Look, I went viral this week, so I don't have time or patience for any of these non-sponsory apps. Okay. Non-sponsory apps. Now, does that bring us uh, to the that? Does that now officially bring us to what was this movie really about? Let's go. Hell yeah. I, I mean, I, Sam really brought it to the table and drove it home. This this movie is about this is a movie about reconciling with your past, specifically reconciling with your your ex, your ex perhaps lover, your ex partner, your ex best friend, and finding your, your way forward. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be on record and say I am not a person who thinks forgiveness is essential. I don't. I think if you can healthily, I don't know, hate a person forever, that is entirely your right. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, you gotta forgive, you gotta move on, you gotta do that. No, you don't gotta do anything. You've just gotta find your way forward, the way that can make you feel most like comfortable and affirmed and settled with yourself and your past in order to move most confidently into your future. And in the case of Godzilla and Kong, that means beating the fuck out of each other and getting that like emotional and sexual tension right at the forefront, sorting through it. And then at the end, not if not parting as friends, parting as allies, parting as people who are willing and able to look at what came before and say, I can embrace that as a part of my story. I do not reject it because it is fundamental to who I am today. And I take that forward as I walk into the future. That is, that that is, I Sam really put the bow on it with what for this movie is really about Godzilla versus Kong. For if me. I had to boil it down, I'd say a grudge can be fun, but it's a little inconvenient. <laughs> because, that is a great you know, point. Mm-hmm. That is a great well, point. Well, I love and be- and fully believe I all love of that what they go through and identify with that experience very fully. Um, it, mm-hmm. The entire conflict of every moment of this movie really is how inconvenient a grudge is because you're right. Yeah. It, like, obviously like he's zooming in on the whole, like Mechagodzilla thing is awakening. And that's what Godzilla has got some shit to do. Like he needs to stop this yeah. thing from like, you know, destroying the planet probably or whatever it's coming online. Um, so he's got to yeah, supplanting him from being the dominant yes. force on the earth. But then he stops and he's like, Oh shit, Kong's here. I got to kick his ass. Yeah. So really like, it's like, yeah, this kind of shit, like, sure, you can hang on to it forever. And it does feel pretty good to fight it out, especially when you win. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when you win <laughs> surrounded by neon lights. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is oh, yeah. awfully inconvenient. And a lot of people can get hurt in the in like in between you. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely yeah. right. That is, like, I think that's a great point. Because gr- like grudges can be fun. Like having a nemesis can be a petty kind yes. of entertainment but like the and that's like where i come down with forgiveness as well like you don't have to forgive a person but if you get to a point where the the absence of forgiveness or the maintenance of the grudge is actually making your life harder and making your and taking you out of your day and taking you out of your stride well then i think you need to revisit how you're approaching this thing because it shouldn't be an inconvenience in your life because then then the other person actually has the power and you're just seeding that power to them. And that's not helping you. Come on. You just get the feeling that Kong and Zilla were like following each other still, but just had each other on mute. Do you know what I mean? Like neither one wanted to pull the trigger. Cause it's like, it's like, no guys, just let it go. (laughs) You know? And and eventually, (laughs) you know, you can stop asking your daughter about the other one. (laughs) Cause she's, she's just good at dolls. You know, she doesn't have the emotional health (laughs) to answer this question fully. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like just let her have her dolls. Let her be a kid. Don't yeah. make her your therapist. Don't put her in the middle. Jesus. Be the grown-ups in the room. Mm-hmm. We also, I'm sorry, we, oh, we yeah. moved real fast past this, but she taught King Kong sign language. And 
she, so you know yeah. she's been forced into an adult role already. She's she's teaching yeah. that, right? You yeah. know, you're right. Well, I, as he's I really divorced hated that didn't energy. revisit. By the way, the fact that Kong can sign, like we got that very briefly, and then we really didn't get a lot of King Kong signing afterward. And I was like, no, I want. I feel we deserve a lot more King Kong sign <laughs> yes. language than just like enemy, which is the only other time well, we, we get. Yes. We get home. We get, get home. home. I wanted no. I wanted more. This is. I mean, this is she, a perhaps. This is a skyscraper tall gorilla who can sign. Yeah. One, I do want to point out how upset I was that as King Kong fell through the sky during the gravity inversion <laughs> and made direct eye contact with Aaron, not Aaron Eckhart, sorry, <laughs> with um, Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård, as he made direct eye contact, he didn't then do the George middle finger flip. I was going to say you just I, wanted to see him give the I middle finger. Him. I was just going to say this is not about advanced <laughs> communication for fucking. King Kong. This is what Amanda wants to see him do George from Rampage and fucking flip people off and make sexually I mean, I explicit gestures. No, That's what I, Amanda want wants explicit. I did not want any sexually explicit gestures. I did want Godzilla. Oh, didn't no, you? I, did wa- I did not. No, <laughs> King Kong is a fu- King Kong is a gentleman. I will have you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he would never sexually harass a potential colleague in front of somebody else. King I, that Kong's my- been texting Amanda during this breakup, <laughs> and she's feeling very protective. <laughs> I, but I did want more. I wanted to see more Kong in the connection with, like, I did want more of the girl and Kong in a way that, like, I wanted the girl to apologize and be like, I'm sorry I lied about the family. Like, I think you've, I think you, well, she didn't lie about the family. She was relaying information that was given to her. I, I think know. you're putting a lot of, you're putting more adult on this girl being like, why wasn't Kong signing more? Like, fuck, he was being taught by like a nine-year-old. Maybe give her a break. I didn't, I, Maybe I she have issues with through his, the fucking vocab yet. I didn't have issues with his vocabulary. My only issue was the film didn't give us more of it. But I'm saying maybe we're at the limit of what little girl was able to teach ancient Titan. Maybe she needed more time before we got to complex sentence structure here. Okay, bet. <laughs> I'm just saying, if Amy can do green drop drink, Fair. okay. But he had been teaching her for ages. She was an op- she was a research ape. She was a university scholar. She's a fucking <laughs> professor at a school. Basically, this is a child who that she has any communication ability at all in the wake of losing her entire lineage of like right. life and familial connection. I'm impressed that she's talking to anybody. And so maybe she just hadn't got that far in okay, her lessons fine. yet with King Kong. I just would have liked- Picking shit up. I just would have liked from the movie itself. It gave us so much promise of this. I would have just liked <laughs> from the movie itself to see, I because I feel like of <laughs> the human stuff, some of the only things that worked really well was every mm-hmm. time that girl interacted with Kong. Completely, yes. Agree. No. Yes, Jason. I did. I kind of developed a theory leading up to this movie, and I, I want to hear what you guys think. Um, I kind of think that if you're going to have a movie about a giant CG monster, mm-hmm. that you need to have a former profess- professional wrestler in that movie because uh-huh. I think you need a, a, a human conduit that can mm. stretch your bounds of what you feel is physically possible <laughs> okay to sort of bridge the gap between the real world and the kaiju world where it's like 
Well, look, if the rock is possible, then I mean, like, sure. Yeah. I guess like, Godzilla can like, happen. Steps, steps in evolution. Steps go. in evolution. Yeah. yeah. If you can, like, accept a reality in which the rock already exists and have him, like, there as a reminder that he exists, then, like, it's a little bit more, like, you can connect more emotionally with Godzilla. I mean, that's why and I think a, a Mark Wahlberg and a John Cena work so well in a Transformers movie. Yeah. Exactly. Because there's something that relates. Yes. Between them. Because their, and their existence defies the laws of physics in the same way that like King yeah. Kong devised the laws. Okay, I track with that. The yeah. absolute <laughs> reason that Bumblebee works, aside from Haley Steinfeld's this magnetic energy. of Haley Steinfeld, yes. Absolutely. Is that John Cena is there <laughs> and it would have been a far more successful movie if they had let John Cena do his thing rather than just be random military guy going, Ugh. Yeah, no, they should have given him more room to run. That's a yeah. perfect role anyway. for John Cena. Yeah, I, I just, think- I would have liked to see, instead of like Alexander Skarsgård, give me a pro wrestler. Okay. But he did really, he did have a, a moment that I think made it his casting. Because when he says, um, okay. you are a very brave little girl <laughs> with the <laughs> with the most white guy confidence, like only yeah, with the, with, a man yeah, from that yeah, privilege. The, like he was, he it was he exuded that. It was just like, he missed it. Yeah. Well, he also said, in fact, that she was a coward because yeah. he used the improper sign. Language. And it wasn't because he was a dummy or a big muscly guy or whatever. They weren't doing that joke. No, it's just because he's a yeah. straight guy. <laughs> Like, he just didn't yeah. read the cues. Like, yeah. the confidence That's of a saying. mediocre yes. white man. Yeah. It was like he yeah. knew exactly Situation. what this role was because he delivered that line perfectly. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, there was the perfect level of sincerity yes. in that yes. line delivery. <laughs> yes. And he didn't clock at all that the girl looked at Rebecca Hall and was like, yeah. Because <laughs> why would he? Why would he? Why would he question himself in that moment? He knows. No. He knows. I want to see that little girl smile so Amanda, like, through five more movies, by the way. I, I oh, want oh my her God. I would have given I will give my life this, for her. Mm-hmm. I will give Please. my life for her. This young, this young uh, angel. Yeah. Um, Amanda, have you given your way in for what this movie was really about? So um I do love all of what you guys have talked about. Um I do think that found family is a big part of it. Um mm-hmm. I also think intentionally or unintentionally that this movie served uh, it was a um an anti, I think I've did this also for Kong Skull Island, but I'm not sure. But um, an anti colonization movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. We basically watch King Kong, so we uproot him. We mm-hmm. move him somewhere else to an environment where he's not suited for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're like, oh, and we can't get him out of here now. We have no way. Which is like, that's a fucking lie. You just moved him with a bunch of helicopters, just. Right. Bring the helicopters back, assholes. Yeah. But no, he can't survive in Antarctica. We have to keep going and we have to move him to the place where he's going to live now and it's his perfect home. And then we get to his perfect home and it's not actually a place where it's his home either. Like he tells us it's home, but it's not really home. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have a family there. There's a bunch of he new wasn't th- he wasn't mm. born there. No, there's mm-hmm. a bunch Near of new, as we can tell. There's a bunch of new threats there. Um, that he, like those, like I said, those pterodactyls would have killed him if not for that there's humans there. But then on top of that, we don't leave him alone once he's there. We're not like, well, you're in your new home now. You're good. Yep. Have a good time. We then find out at the end of the movie that um, we have on top of that now created a monitoring station there. Yes, the Kong and, monitoring station. Yeah. So we now have people living in fucking center of the earth. It's Cre- a fucking big brother operation. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like you can't observe animals in a like we're gonna leave a human footprint that's just a thing yes Mm. we're gonna leave a footprint and this inevitably is the start of what will become a larger and larger footprint as we basically then take over the center of the earth and ruin 
a pristine, untouched habitat with first it's going to be observation and then it's going to be like, well, we need to have more people down here because we're going to have to have it's too much, it's too expensive to bring all this stuff up to the surface over and over again. Right. And then it's going to slowly start moving. And then they're going to be like, we need this, you know, those glowing purple rocks actually really can create a great fuel source. And they're going to start mining operations. And before long, we'll have completely ravaged the center of the earth while claiming that we're doing this for the good of King Kong. We fucking will. Who is probably going to just die. So, and in the process, you know, we're going to kill a bunch of other animals. There's going to be like one of those ugly cave pigeon creatures is going to attack a scientist and they're going to shoot it. <laughs> and it's going to turn I love out- the Skeksis looking cave pigeon Those bats. cave, the, like those cave pigeon- scary as shit. Fucking horrifying. I loved it. I love- And I they have, looked real. They looked- yeah. I, For a second, I was like, is that a practical animal? Yeah. Because I thought that looked very convincing. It was It was, It was. was a great, horrible, like, just- That is- I, as, as I was watching, I'm like, oh, that's what a dinosaur probably actually looked like, and I love it. Right, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was- So as- Looking back on it now, I'm just like, this whole movie is essentially about how we uprooted, we're going to uproot King Kong for his own good, supposedly, but because it's like inconvenient for us to keep him where he currently is, and we're going to move him to a habitat that we're then going to destroy, and we're going to claim as our own. So that, to me, was what this movie was like at its, because Godzilla, to me, doesn't have an arc. Um, King Kong is the Mm. main character, and that was- Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Godzilla is a chaos. Well, and Adam, and Adam Wingard agrees yeah. with you in that one. He, what did he say? I don't agree with the way he said it, but he said like, you, what did he say? It was, you don't watch a, I wanted like Kong to be the star of the movie because yeah. you don't watch a, he said you don't watch a Rocky movie for Apollo Creed. Well, that's not true. When in, when in fact, uh, Rocky became a series yeah. about Apollo Creed. Yeah. yeah. So in fact, we do. I watch Rocky Four for Ivan Drago. He also said he just, he described the like fight kind of composition between Godzilla and Kong is like Godzilla was the undertaker and King Kong is like Mick Foley, which is really fucking weird because King Kong is not some like raggedy ass, like underdog. He's not pig pen. He's fucking <laughs> King Kong. This is like undertaker versus Kane. This is not undertaker versus mankind. Like no. I found that inherently disrespectful. Well, and, but, and also yes. I, I think that like, if you look at, if you think about what Godzilla is, God, this is more like Bruce Willis versus an asteroid. Except instead of at the end, <laughs> like the asteroid doesn't have any motivation. The asteroid is like, I'm just going to go through space until I find yeah. the thing I'm going to hit. And that's basically- I'm just a force of nature. Yeah. And that's basically King Kong. Like, yes, he does want to, he does want to eliminate any other alpha titans, but that's not like it's a thought process. That is a biological imperative. Yes. And so it's sort of, the ending is sort of like if, you know- Bruce Willis had lassoed the asteroid and been like, I'm going to ride it instead. And then they like knocked out <laughs> and then used it to like knock out a supervillain. So that's right, yeah. more in line with, if I would Armageddon argue. had ended with like an intergalactic villain and right. Bruce Willis had used the asteroid in a plan where they, where they were in cahoots yeah. to defeat the intergalactic supervillain with a lasso. Exactly. Is, uh, so that's, that is, I think, more in line. I, I did. Jason? I did have a slight half, like in in rare form. I had a slightly uh, half baked uh, uh, take for what this movie was really about. Uh-huh. Uh, because I watching this movie, and I like, I have not really. I, I'm not someone who knows that much about Godzilla and Kong independently. But like, yeah, it stood out too. to me that that 
King Kong is sort of this relic of like an old world before, right? Like a, as a as a character, King Kong is sort of like something that that shows sort of what we were before humanity kind of took mm-hmm. over the world, mm-hmm. right? Godzilla is sort of a sin of humanity, you know, something that was brought yes. on humanity sure. by the sins that we've created, right? And this this movie to me feels as though it is about reconciling and learning from the sins of our past when mm. you know sort of humanity's development the sins of our present with with Godzilla and sort of like mm. what we as a society are currently uh, 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 committing and learning from both of those things and using them to try and prevent what could be the sins of our future which is represented by Mecha which Godzilla is Mecha Godzilla oh I see it I like it I see it I that was love where and that. I I, I like I it as sort of a hopeful. You, I love that they're both you and in the four of us now. I love that both you and Amanda have gone geopolitical, and me and Sam fully sided <laughs> yeah. with fighting with sure. your significant others. No, mm-hmm. I'm glad we have this balance. Yeah, there's a, there's levels. Like you're never just one thing in a movie, and I like that. That is where we've brought like the big picture, but then also the personal. And I was going to say that. you guys are the global stakes, and we're the local <laughs> stakes. Yeah, that checks out. That, that and all that's checks how out. big this is. Yeah. <laughs> So then that brings us to dream casting. Were there any big moves that you guys wanted to make with the cast? I personally, at a pro wrestler, that was mine. I already talked about it, but I need a pro wrestler. I need a Batista, a John Cena, a Rock. I actually had one. Um, Uh So I'm going to do, I'm going to flip and I'm going to add. So um, I'm moving Rebecca Hall from being the Kong Whisperer. Rebecca Mm -hmm. Hall is now going to be the, um, Alexander Skarsgård, geolo- geologist. I like that. I like that. Like, a lot more. I think that that's. A, I like her as sort of this disgraced geologist who's living in a basement, who yeah. doesn't like, who doesn't immediately give off could fuck his TA energy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I just I, I wanted that, and so in her place, we'll be bringing back Zi Zheng because that oh, character. Good. I missed her. I missed yeah. her. We miss Dr. Chen, and Dr. Chen, keep in mind, is the monarch, like, her job as is the monarch legend person. She's the mythologist. Yeah, she's the fucking mythologist, man. So, exactly. Like, she should be the one who is there and who is observing, and this is like, and she's been reassigned to, to since Godzilla's gone, miss, been gone. She watches the only remaining Titan. She pulls, like, researches Iwi lore and all these different things. Yeah. And she's the one who has adopted the adorable child. Ah, and so, okay. And then the adorable child ends up with two moms. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. And but most importantly, I really like I think that that would be and then you have the budding heads of the mythologist who's like, none of this is real. All of this are myth. And then you have uh, Rebecca Hall who's like, you study a living myth. What are you talking about? And they butt heads. <clears throat> yes. And then they get to the center of the earth and Dr. Chen is like, oh, my God. It's all the myths. And then she's like the one who in the center, then she could give context to the center hall that we see King Kong sitting in, where she can be it's like, true. The, the throne of Kong. I've only heard legend of such things. Like I wanted yeah. all of that. And she didn't, we didn't get any of those, the great rooting in mythology that we could have had with her. So that's the You're one. Right. Dr. Chen would, would have been exactly fit for that. Yeah. So that's the switch I'm making. How about you, Sam? Any My tweaks? Only, I think this is all perfect, actually, um, except for there were there were no pop stars in this movie, and that's a problem for me. Oh, there was okay. no like like mm-hmm. I I, I it, what a missed opportunity to not bring like you know I love throw Will Ford in there kind of thing. But, but Mandy I was going to say, is like this a Will a, Ford a, experience? Know, scientist, but in this specific case, mm-hmm. I think the conspiracy theory guy could have actually just been Rihanna, because if it had been Rihanna. <gasps> Then oh, there completely. could have been like a cool edge to it, like instead of like, yeah, like I don't, 
In like Ocean's 8 yes, mode. In exactly. Eight ball, eight ball Maybe I was just actually yeah. thinking that because I was just talking extensively about Ocean's 8. But like, really, we need, I need, I want more As Rihanna just like taking over a scene. And I think there were enough yeah. bumbling men type people in this movie yeah. that like, yes. just give me a, a, a lady in charge of a moment. That's all. <laughs> and, and she gives it. Give me a I lady in charge of yeah. a moment. That's a perfect. I think that's actually really smart too because part of the thing is that we know that like going into this, we hear him having this conspiracy theory thing. We have, we know that he's going to be right. We're not going to be like, we know that this shady place that has the shady organization that has, you know, bisexual lighting in their bathrooms <laughs> is, yes. is going to be somewhere where like they're up to no good. Yeah. We know this. Uh-huh. So we don't need him to then on top of that be comically bumbling. Right. It yeah. would be better if he were the strong if it had been the confident guiding hand of a like I know all this shit and I'm going to share all of it with you instead of this like oh he could be crazy what's Millie Bobby Brown getting herself into and also you're right. <laughs> yeah, like, I- Millie Bobby Brown and Rihanna sharing a scene would have just been been crackerjack. Can you imagine? I think they thought they were writing like Jeff Goldblum and Independence Day, but they were writing like, I don't know, like Mm -hmm. everybody loves Raymond or whatever. (laughs) You can't can't recapture the Jeff Goldblum and Independence Day-ness of it, but also because in Independence Day, Jeff Goldblum's character the whole time has like a resigned, like – I am saying these things about how we're destroying the yes. world, but I am resigned to the fact that we are destroying the world. And like, I'm just futilely saying it because if he's going to be, if he's going to believe something, he has to be a little detached from it to counteract mm-hmm. that like bumbling awkwardness yes. versus this where he believed it so fully, but also was too earnest in the belief where you're like, no, that's crazy. I see. <laughs> that's great. Question about this though. I, I've read a lot of people saying that like the people element was too much. Like we just had too many yeah. people. Like, and I did feel like that, but then I thought about it and it's like, but how, how far back can we pull on people in a movie like this? Cause you can't like, yeah, just watch fine. monsters. Right. I mean, as much as we want yeah. to, that's why we show up, but that's like watching a slasher and being like, God, I just wish they were just killing people the whole time. Right. right like <laughs> I did. I didn't want I didn't need more yeah. people. Like I didn't need more human element and I didn't want less human element. It was just enough bridge mm-hmm. for me to get what I wanted out of the spectacle. Yeah. I, I thought it was yeah. really balanced. Cause like when yeah. you, when you do, when you do 2014 Godzilla and you really focus on human element, okay, oh. that then yeah. you've really committed to that and you fulfilled your commitment to that. This movie was never going to commit to its human element in that at that degree. Mm-hmm. So trying to contrive that level of human element gravity in the middle of what was just going to be a sort of fight right. film, like basically a tournament film, like a series like a, a tournament film. That's what this is, a tournament fight movie. It you can't put that level of groundingness from 2014 into Godzilla versus Kong in 2021. And like, I guess you could have made it like additionally, the only way I could have seen the human element really being differently in a meaningful way was to commit to like the Ant-Man of it all. And like do that sort of Scott hope banter dynamic. Like it's the zany kind of Marvel movie but other than that, like, unless they were going to fully commit to that with that kind of skill, and I just, I don't think that's an Adam Wingard mm-hmm. movie. Like, Adam Wingard's not going to make a Taika Waititi movie. He's not going to make, he's not going to make a Peyton Reed movie. So for what Wingard brings to the table, this was just like a, let's just do 
eight ball center pocket, nothing fancy. It's just right across from you on the table. Hit that, sink it, good, go. Like, I didn't need the Aaron Taylor Johnson of it all. I didn't have, I didn't need like an attempt at the the bants from like a Ragnarok or an Ant-Man. So yeah, just give it to me straight. Just give it to me straight. I'm in. I'm fine. See, I I think that the the human, I agree that we couldn't have pulled back more on the humans because then like Godzilla doesn't, do it like the problem is, is that unless you're just going to watch Godzilla stomp around, Godzilla doesn't yeah. do a lot. So then you're just right. like then you're just watching Godzilla stomp things, which is great, but it's going to get repetitive. Um, I think that the two places where we probably could mm. have fixed the human element would have been one. I don't think that the Aaron Eckhart. Damn it! I don't think. I mean, you Alex- don't even know who you're fucking talking about. So apparently, the Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> I don't think that the Skarsgård Rebecca Hall stuff worked right. Um, mostly because it almost felt like the two of them never communicated between each other when they'd be on screen. Like it, it felt like they were never interacting in any meaningful way. And sure. so I think that because being with the two of them was never as much fun as being with King Kong, mm. you, right. you found yourself pulling and wanting that. The second thing I think probably could have strengthened it would have been if the two plot lines of humans had crossed over at some point. I mean, we yeah. end up with them all in the same place and we don't have that connection between the, the teams. We did need a meetup of the teams at some point to a make it feel a little... teams. Like, we needed to make it feel more cohesive in that it way. It was a little too love, um, actually, in that way, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like, I, you know, we didn't even have an airport moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, we did need to see, like, we needed, at the very least, like, Millie Bobby Brown... Like the little girl Gia gets separated, and then Millie Bobby Brown finds her, yes. and then like she's the one, and the two of them are the oh two of them God. are together as Godzilla and Kong are like fighting, and they're she they're like running and I could know. have done for a handhold moment between Gia and yeah. between Gia and Millie's well, character. Shit, how fast so that's Millie's like those are the two things. Kong. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean not, not as super fast, fast. As Millie catapulting through the center of the earth. I can't believe they're running trains of, of during that whole eggs. thing. They're just like, yeah, you can fly in or whatever. Yeah, just grab the metro. It's like, <laughs> the city's on fire. But yes, I, I fully agree with you. Yeah, so that's, I, that is where I think I, it wasn't a it, – it, it isn't a worse movie for lack of it. It could have been a yeah. better movie mm-hmm. with it is kind of my argument on that. Sure. I'm only making I'm, – I'm, I'm incorporating a change mm-hmm. I've heard here, which is I love yeah. Rihanna – I love yeah. eight ball Rihanna in that role. And mm-hmm. so how we're going to adjust that again, bless Rebecca Hall, really like her because we've seen it work so well in Ocean's 8. I'm going to put Kate Blanchett in the role of Rebecca Hall and have that very wry suit wearing energy opposite kind of like the detached oddball of, of Rihanna, the conspiracy mm. theorist, the very dry sense of humored conspiracy theorist. And that's how I'm going to bridge. That's a real yes. So those and, two are going to interact. I like it. Yeah, like with their with their strange oppositional energies that we have seen function in an ensemble capacity for, before very effectively. Okay. And I, like I definitely it. would love to see Rihanna like stink-eyeing Aiza Gonzalez and just being like, bitch, fuck your capitalism. Like I would <laughs> I would delight in that. Okay. So that's my I so those are our those are our fantasy castings. This brings us then to the number of towering infernos in House of Grade Godzilla versus Kong. Sam, out of five, and you can five. give fractions. Out of oh, five. Sorry, yeah, you can finish your sentence, but five. Five infernos. That's for five Sam. for me. That's a full five. I want I just want this always. I would I would see every movie if it was this. <laughs> like it was just like <laughs> I need this. I need more of this. 
Well, good because we're we're partners then in going to see it, strategizing Great. it in IMAX. Yeah, because I refuse yeah. to not see this in the. No, biggest you know what though? I should I should be fair. I should say four point five because no Rihanna. Yeah, that's because a fair obviously thing. it's not a thinking about what you could film. have. Yeah. yeah, so I'll say four point five. Yeah. Okay, Amanda, I, I'm gonna go three point seven five. Um, oh, of not the back in the four. Yeah, of the Godzillas, it was not, and of the of the MonsterVerse films, it just was not my favorite. Um, and mm-hmm. I watched it twice in the span of a few days, and ah. I still was like, you know, I don't know that this is one I'll ever revisit versus Godzilla King the Monsters or Skull Island, which I will revisit different. Like, I'll be interested. Let, re- let me rephrase this. Oh no, but I'm just King of the Monsters. Will, I'll watch that anytime it's on TV. Yeah. Fuck yeah! So I hear you on that one. Yeah. I would revisit that. Like, I mean, I'll 100% revisit that. I would revisit Skull Island before I would revisit this film. Um, unless, of course, we, like, host a Disaster Girls screening, in which case I will absolutely happily yeah. watch this film. But that's right. a different issue. But this is not like <laughs> a, this is not a, hey, it's a movie night. What do you want to watch? I'm not, I'm not going to Godzilla versus Kong. That's just not it. I'm sorry. It's, it's a, I mean, not. Listen, we all, we all have our own tastes. <laughs> I'm going. Just, I'm I, going. I, oh God! I knew as soon as I watched as I watched your full body cringe. I was like, I'm gonna get. No, I'm, gonna totally, get I'm gonna get burned. Okay. Sam's yeah. gonna burn no, me. My taste it's time off. for Sam to read I, you. It's time for Sam to do the read of you, Amanda. I, I don't. I'm not emotionally prepared I'm, for that. I like all the wrong <laughs> Marvel movies. Like anytime somebody's like, "Oh, what's your favorite Spider-Man?" and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I really like three. And people are like, "What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, I have yeah. the wrong yeah. taste. So do not like when I. No, one of Sam's favorite DC movies is definitely Wonder Woman. Oh, I loved it. Oh, are you kidding me? Hit the fucking gas. Give me 1984 part two. Here's the thing. (laughs) What I like, and actually, this is the through line to Godzilla versus Kong. For me, in order to like totally get into a movie like this, I needed to be bonkers on bonkers. I needed to fully leave my level of reality. And then I can, then I, then I'm in. And And this is a movie and throughout Godzilla and Kong and same thing with 84. It's just like, Yes, leap out and just fucking touch that rock. You know what I mean? Like, I just need this. <laughs> Hell yeah. Touch that rock. I need Go to this. I don't gravities. want it real. <laughs> I want it. I want yeah. drag. And Godzilla versus Kong is a drag film. I, I'm i going to go, for me, it's a 4.25. With Kong, with Skull Island, I think on record for me is a 4.75. And King of Monsters as a mm. 5. Wow. Um, And I will absolutely be revisiting I won't revisit 2014 just like because it's a very good movie that like to me doesn't have a lot of rewatch because it is just like it's pretty fucking heavy. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a lot of not monsters. It's a lot of watching. Fine. It's a lot of watching Aaron try and get on different modes of transportation. Like it's, it's yeah. planes, trains, automobiles. It's planes, trains, automobiles and monsters. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But like like heavy and I, w- I will watch the last third of that Godzilla a lot because the San Francisco shit is really cool looking. But yeah. like, I'm, I cannot wait. I think if I, su- like, once I see this in a theater, it may very well skyrocket up to a five because the way that that Kong Kong battle is going to hit, the way the ocean battle is going to hit when I see it huge, the way Hollow Earth will reduce me to tears when I see it on a giant screen, it could change everything. <laughs> But it's solidly in the four camp for me right now. And I'm so looking forward to watching it again as God intended oh, yeah. on an IMAX. Yeah. As Rihanna All intended. Right. Yeah, as Rihanna <laughs> intended. 
<laughs> when we go, when we see it in IMAX, Rihanna's going to be oh, in it. That's the thing. It's going to be there like, oh go. my god, see it in the correct dimensions, and yeah. also Rihanna's <laughs> there in the extra real estate that the IMAX Zach screen Snyder's. affords. Oh, there she it's is. It's Zach Snyder's guys. It's the wind. It's the wind guard cut that we're going to get to watch. Yeah. It'll just have once they crop it into that IMAX ratio, you'll see Rihanna was there on the bottom of the screen the entire mm-hmm. time. The whole time. Yeah. The entire time she was sitting on the throne already, keeping it warm for King Kong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what it is. Um, because the only other person, it's like it's like Mjolnir. Two people can wield the axe <laughs> of like Kong. It's Kong and Rihanna. Yeah, there you She's go. She's the only other person who can pick up the 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 axe of Hollow Earth. Wield that axe. Um, so then, does that bring us to our our end stages, Amanda? Yeah. So Sam, um, where can we find you? What do you want to? promote oh wait I, yeah we'll do that and then we'll say what we're doing next week i guess yes normally we normally we normally have we haven't figured out what movie we're gonna watch and we actually organized ourselves this time so yeah i, I just was thrown by the order of things August. tell us promote yourself uh, you can find me at Sam Wyman on Instagram. Oh, no, don't do that. Wait, no, my Instagram is boring. You can find me <laughs> at Sam Wyman on Twitter. <laughs> That's better. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can listen to yeah. uh, Ots Curion, where I uh, talk about horror movies from the Ots with your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And we've got a second <laughs> season coming. coming. We've got wow. a second season coming. And we, oh boy, we are hitting some... We are hitting some titans of our own of the era in the upcoming season. And you're going to find out that you can't have 2007 without 2005. So I. You cannot. That's a lesson you're going to learn. <laughs> can't wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, Sam, thank you so much. Um, so next week, now that Kongzilla month is over, Jordan, we're going back mm-hmm. to uh, some of our classics here. And by classics, I mean yeah. things that you can watch on television. Yeah. <laughs> Things provided by Tubi, potentially. Yeah, not in this case, but could have been, but in not in this case. So in this Come one, on, we've got Cold Zone from 2017. Classic. A, a storm is coming. No one could predict it. No one can measure it. Now one family must survive it. You can't come in from the cold. Oh, okay. Uh, there are no actors. There's, there's no actors in this film, I think, that uh, any of us would recognize. And Just no it, actors in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> there are no actors. It's avant-garde. <laughs> this is actually an Andy Warhol movie. It's six hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so that is rentable on all of the streaming services. So you can rent on Amazon Video, Google, Voodoo. iTunes, all of the the places. And that'll be next week as we return to our humble beginnings. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, we have to, we have to take a breather after having just Titan after Titan of guest, of guest appearances on this podcast. Yeah. Of guest appearances and, and Kaiju appearances. Yeah. All right. So Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at JorCru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and Patreon.com slash Cruciola. And absolutely listen to me and Sam. We are the, I'm saying it, historians of record when it comes to the conversation of where horror of the millennium era meets pop culture examination. Uh, We are the historians of 15 minutes ago. As oh, yeah. Sam very <laughs> rightly pointed out in our it's first important. episode. Um, it's important. That is the tagline of Ots Tyrion. It is our, it's our informal but becoming official logline. Ots Tyrion, it's important. It's important. And we Boom. give the Criterion essay level treatment to the movies that we talk about because they deserve it. 
because they're important. So find me in those places and make us very popular on podcast downloading apps just to like (laughs) say fuck the man in the face of the film stodgy film canon. Say no, no, no. We have new cinema guides of the future. It's Jordan and Sam. We're very popular in Canada, (laughs) you guys. We are very popular in Canada. Canada love We you. are very popular in Canada. Well, if you have watched How I Met Your Mother, then you would know that Canada is always it is 10 years behind the US in terms of oh, trends. Okay. So, so it's so, still the uh, per, per So I they're listening mother. to movies yeah. of the present. Yeah. yeah so exactly. we are like talking wow. about their pop culture movies of the past. Fucking know. <laughs> yeah. You listening know, right now, man. you catch up. <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda, where do we find you? Oh, do we want to Jason, where do we find you? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones, uh, comic stuff and all that fun stuff. Uh, and then you can find more shows at thatmightbecool.com, including, uh, like we mentioned last week, the recently launched uh, Lord of the Rings sentence, where um, uh, in, a, in agreement to letting me put their podcast on uh, my network, uh, the the other side of that agreement is that he had to uh, finish the entire series of Lord of the Rings one sentence at a time. So um, he's going to be doing that. How does that, that work for... with your ADHD, Sam? Like when you hear that, is that a pro for your ADHD or a con? It. I Lord of the Rings, no, one sentence I, it's at a time. Like I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, <laughs> it, it sounds really stressful. <laughs> it's very, it's very stressful. Um, the agreement is if he doesn't finish the entire series, then I get all his stuff. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Wow! So you're gonna have to outlive him now, just yeah. just out of spite. I feel good about my odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Amanda. You can find me. I'm Amanda R. Tubbs on Twitter, and that's Tubbs with two B's. Two B's. Doobies. And uh, that's where I am. Um, <laughs> always. Constantly. It's baseball season, so it's that's baseball. very much where Amanda yeah. is. Time so, for spicy season. Yeah, so my Twitter account is probably like now 70-30 split of baseball content and then other things. Um, so I apologize. 70-30 split of baseball, other things, and at least 90% horny content. Okay. And then 10% other things. Okay, like... I mean, mostly, now that it's baseball season, can you horny. deny that? No, I can't. I'm trying to Amanda's be better just full about blown not thirst being... tweeting at this point. <laughs> my baseball analysis is very good. I just try not to tweet too much thirst. No, it is player. rooted in knowledge, yeah. in a deep-seated just, fandom for the Dodgers. You know what you're fucking talking about. Yep. And, and I just appreciate a good buzz, it man. Like you like, can get they're really sports. <laughs> Oh, yes. Spend a couple hours with me and you will, if nothing else, appreciate yeah. how deeply attractive this of just the Dodgers have assembled. They have it might be like, it might be, might be the in, inroad for you to track this MLB season if you follow it. Through I will. You don't need to watch any other. Yeah. No, you don't need to know any other baseball players. Just know the Dodgers. They are uniformly the prettiest group of men I've ever seen. It's just absurd. <laughs> this is um, what I say about the ratio. This is what I say about the ratio. I mean, come on. What's. We'll the ratio of your tweets, 90% oh, horny and 10% other. I was like, is the ratio like a reality show? I, I was very confused. No, this is this is the, this yeah. verifies my point. Okay, point is, yes, a lot of baseball tweets right now. Um, and then, of course, the podcast is disaster underscore pod on Twitter. Um, we're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. We're also on Letterboxd. We're Disaster Girls on Letterboxd. And I've made um, an obsessive number of lists for this podcast on Letterboxd. So you this can is so see. exciting. Yeah, this has been there. They've been there for, for like a year and a half. Um, but she you just can decided actually never see, to mention it. I just yeah. didn't know that was a thing we should promote. So you can actually see like sorted by category, all the different um, all the different made-for-TV movies I've found, sorted by different categories, volcanoes, um, 
wind-based, water-based. Wind-based? I have wind-based because I felt that just saying tornado was it. too limited. So there's wind-based disasters, space-based oh, no, that's disasters. that's uh, cold situations, apocalyptic scenarios. We've got like 10 lists. So if you're like, I don't know what Your to details. watch tonight, go look at Letterboxd. Look at our, our Letterboxd account yeah. and you will find all of the films. Um, so great. we're there and rate and review us, you guys. Like do that. Ratings, reviews, share us with your friends. Someone send had asked, send out those tweets. Somebody had actually um, tweeted earlier today. There was a request of like, it was a challenge really. Um Alex Heaney had tweeted, name a podcast you listen to that features at minimum 50% women, not just sometimes, but always. For bonus points, name a film podcast, I'll wait. Um, I mean, I've got like three, so that I'm personally a part of. (laughs) But um, don't give me me all wait. Like, I get that there's a disparity, but if you're telling me, no, this is, I'm not yelling at you, Amanda, I'm yelling at this person. If you tell me I'll wait, that means you haven't done your fucking research because you don't have to wait hey we're sitting right here let's not come in that hot at alex i think alex was basically suggesting that like people aren't promoting women-led podcasts enough i don't think that this was a malicious thing i think that the intent was like hey people don't agree i just i have a hair trigger i feel like in horror i feel like me and sam can both attest to this notion that like people express this desire for a something about newness and originality and boldness and i'm like Hi, let me point you to these six fucking films by women that you apparently just have not taken the time to look up while you're hungering for something more Cronenbergian when, okay, go watch Cam by Issa Matsui right now that is sitting on Netflix. This is at your fucking fingertips. I'm sorry if you haven't done the research about up-and-coming filmmakers. That is not the fault of those filmmakers. There is the art there in waiting for you. So... I feel like we confront this a lot in the genre circles. I agree. I also think that the fact that this that this person, um, that Alex, who is a, I believe, woman, uh, doesn't identify any either, either way. But I do think that, like, this was intending to be. And in fact, you also get, Jordan, you replied to this. <laughs> I replied to, no, I, I didn't, re- I replied to Cyrus. Yeah. I replied to Cyrus who mentioned me. Yeah. Because I wanted to acknowledge Cyrus. I'm I know exactly saying, the tweet you're you talking about. You know the about. tweet. So anyway, so yes, Emma, of I know the tweet. Jordan, shh, Emma Garcia was kind enough to mention us. This is wonderful, Emma Can Garcia. We, thank thank you. you. This was just the point I'm trying to get to here. I'm all about Emma Garcia. Emma, thank you for taking the time to mention us. And then Half yes. Price Horror, thank you for taking the time to mention us. Always Half Price Horror, Guys, thank you. it's what awesome. A, what a supporter. It's awesome when you do stuff like this, when you help promote the podcast so that Jordan doesn't have to have (laughs) these moments of rage. (laughs) Yes. About people's lack of awareness. Anna Bogutskaya, Cyrus Cohen, thank you for mentioning us. I saw that in the thread as well. Uh, Thank you. And also listen to Final Girls UK because Anna Bogutskaya has a great podcast too. So there you go. So point is, guys, share us, promote Uh, us. It's a good thing when you do that. It makes us all very happy. <laughs> Amanda's like, I promise you Jordan won't attack you if you're trying to help us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I can't well. promise that, to be honest, guys. I really can't. <laughs> Depends much, on your phrasing. Honestly, much like much like with 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 uh, what's it called? Monarch. I can I can't hope to contain her. I can only hope to monitor her. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I am Amanda can only keep me in a monitoring facility and hope for the best. Yeah. Yep. So well, guys, we'll see y'all back next week. Uh for that was me. That was me cleaning off a whole entire tree and turning it into a spear. Yeah, now. Jordan just threw a spear directly at the our nice promotional wall. Um, <laughs> guys, we'll 
we'll see you all back next week for Cold Zone. Sam, thank you so much for joining Thanks us. For thank me. you, Sam. It was thank so good Sam. to have you. Uh, Bye, everybody. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>